0: Hey guys, thanks for joining us on the Access Podcast. We're here to equip and mobilize young Christians in identity and evangelism. Enjoy this episode.
1: Hey guys, welcome to the Access Podcast. Our mission is to equip and mobilize young Christians in identity and evangelism. In today's episode, I'm going to be talking with the one and only Braden North. Why don't you say (laughs) hi to everyone, Braden? Hello. (laughs) And we're going to be actually talking about his testimony. What has the Lord done in his life? Um, up to this point as, as uh, are you 22? 23 now. 23? Birthday is
0: actually today, so... Is your birthday
1: today? Yes. <laughs> Dude, happy birthday. Oh my gosh, I feel terrible. I didn't know that. <laughs> uh, happy birthday. Maybe we should sing happy birthday. We'll do uh, that later. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but anyway, we're going to be talking about Brayden's testimony. and But before we get going into that, Braden, if you don't know him, is an amazing, amazing servant, friend, and ultimately just leader in our church. And he does a lot. He does everything. He does <laughs> from sound to setup. <laughs> to one of the things that he does is leading a Bible study with our high school students here at Res Life. Yes, so why don't you just tell a little bit about like what, how that's been going, what have you been studying, and what have you kind of gained from your leadership role with those high school students?
0: Yeah, it's actually been amazing. It's really uh, helped me understand the Bible, even just trying to teach it and help these students understand it. Um, But we've been going through Galatians currently. Uh, We just finished going through Jonah. We've gone through a bunch of other themes, like the theme of testing in the Bible. And it's just been really great. It's been getting students to actually think about the Bible and not just read it as if it were like fairy tales or just read it as if it was something... That was just like short parables to give them moral lessons, but to actually think about it and see what's going on and think about context and actually critically think about it. And they've been able to really uh, open up to it that way. And I think it's been very powerful for them. Um, and it's been great for me too, because I've had to study these things a lot. There's been a lot of things that I thought I knew until I had to try to explain it to high schoolers. <clears throat> then I realized I didn't actually didn't actually know, you know? So I had to spend a lot of time in a lot of these themes trying to figure it out too.
1: Yeah, they say that you don't know something unless you can teach it. So it's a great way to 100%. learn something yes. is to teach it. That's mm-hmm. so cool. I, Are you encouraged or discouraged by the state of uh, high school students after your Bible study?
0: A <laughs> little bit of both usually, but mostly encouraged, I, yeah. Especially now, I feel like we've done a lot of work like in the youth ministry, to where we have like the the group that has the best understanding of the Bible that I've ever encountered. Not that I've been in it for that long, mm-hmm. but as far as I've seen, they have they have a really great understanding of the Bible and a really healthy understanding of it. So. That's really cool. So let's kind of
1: transition into your story, Braden. What's your mm-hmm. middle name? Braden North. Paul. <laughs> Braden Paul North. Okay. So we're gonna talk about you. So why don't you tell us, jump right into your story. And, like, how and what has God done in your life up to these now twenty twenty three 23 years?
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I was born in a Christian family. My parents are great Christian people. I have one older sister. Um, yeah, she's always been a strong Christian as well. Um, I've gone to res since as long as I can remember, probably since I was about five. Um, and, yeah, and I've gone to Trinity or went to unity Christian School uh, for my entire high school, middle school, elementary. Um, but, yeah, pretty ideal setup, honestly. You know, you definitely would not, uh, it was not a, there was nothing, like, traumatic. There was nothing, like, excessively wrong, <laughs> you know. It was It was an ideal setup. You were like setup. a good kid. Yes, definitely. <laughs> good kid, I'm air quotes. Yeah, you didn't, air quotes are important there, but... Yeah, and so you have like a, this yeah.
1: this Christian upbringing. Mm-hmm. So then, like, how did um how did that play out? I know everyone like when you get to high school, there's like the idea of like owning your faith, where it transfers mm-hmm. from your parents, your church's faith to your faith. So what did that look like in your high school years?
0: Yeah, so it was actually really in middle school um, that my uh, faith really became my own. Um, yeah, before that, it was actually in about sixth grade. Uh, that I got addicted to pornography. Um, and up to that point, my faith was relatively my own. Um, I mean, still, it's that that little kid thing that you do in church where it's like altar call that week. Oh, I feel like I'm getting saved this week, you know? I'll raise my hand. For me, it was like, oh, I looked at porn this week, so I need to get born again again. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I need to get yeah saved something again, like that. Because you just feel so uh, sinful and yeah, distant from God. Definitely. And so seventh grade, like, really, I really got into pornography, and it really like started wrecking me in a lot of ways. Was that hidden, or was that something that other people knew about? It was hidden. It was definitely hidden. Um, And yeah, so seventh grade was probably one of the hardest. Well, I can't really say it's hardest, (laughs) but middle school is hard for a lot of people, but seventh grade was was pretty hard for me because there was a lot of shame and a lot of guilt and a lot of like lacking of self-confidence that was there especially because of that but because of a lot of things you know as middle school is but um so yeah it was at the end of seventh grade um there was actually a senior that came and because at triunity we have uh praise gatherings that were that was a weekly thing um and one of the seniors actually came and gave a message about like being all in for god and I remember zero. No, do you remember that? Oh, you, don't, you don't remember <laughs> no. zero. Okay. I have no clue what she said, but all I know is I was really convicted by it. And um, she actually she just held up a piece of a eight and a half by eleven like notebook page, and she said like If you want to be all in for God, like come sign this paper. And for some reason, like I literally have no explanation because there's no reason that I should have, like it wasn't super special. It was just something that I felt really convicted to do and I went and did it and it was significant. Like it actually was like a turning point for me. And again, I have no clue why. (laughs) Do you remember that girl's name at all? No, I can't really even remember her face. I just yeah. I don't You just remember that paper. Yeah, I just remember that paper and putting my name on it, like on a pillar, you know, just signing it and um yeah. It was just a pretty significant turning point. Are you saying that's like do you feel like that's your born again moment? Like It's at least pretty close. I think there are moments before that, you know? But so I mister- think mysterious. Is very yes, definitely. Because a lot of people well, I I think it's fewer than we think have like these distinct moments where it's like, Oh yes, my life is forever changed. I believe in Jesus, you know. But especially growing up in um christian everything you know yeah my three-year-old says jesus died on the cross for my sins yeah yeah so, so it's,
1: it's 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 in it's, them it's intuition yeah. it's what they're bent towards and so mm-hmm. it's hard to identify when was
0: someone's born again moment when they're growing up in a christian environment yeah definitely um but i think this was one of the more significant moments in my life um and again there's no reason for it you know other that's than the beauty the of god Spirit. though isn't it yeah <laughs> Definitely. Um, but yeah, so it was from that moment that I really like stopped looking at pornography for a long time. And, um, when I really started making my faith my own, when I really started getting good friends, cause even at triunity, uh, I had a lot of friends that weren't good. Like they weren't drug addicts or anything like that, but they weren't quality friends that were pushing me towards Jesus. If anything, they were pushing me away and pushing me towards like pornography and pushing me towards these things. Um, not directly, but just by their culture, you know, that they had. Um, and so I really like from that moment, I prayed for new friends. I kind of separated myself from those old friends. Um, and that's when I really started becoming friends with Jared Blaukamp. Uh, and that's really when our friendship started. Um Yeah, all throughout middle and high school. He was a big influence that pushed me towards Christ. Um, So, yeah, that was a really transformative moment. Um, And, again, no explanation for it. I'm
1: really encouraged by that, specifically not because of anything you did, but Mm -hmm. by God's mystical power, Mm -hmm. spiritual (laughs) power to use an imperfect senior in high school to preach a message that you don't remember, (laughs) but to do something that would draw you to action. Yeah. And like the spiritual, like, I don't think you even realize the spiritual transformation that can happen where you don't Mm -hmm. look at pornography anymore. Dude, that's like an addiction. That's like stopping heroin. It's like stopping eating sugar. It's like, stop. It's like, that's a highly addictive dopamine rush. Yeah, definitely. And to think that the God in that moment and praise gathering Mm-hmm. Like maybe not delivered you for the rest of your life, but delivered you for a long period of time. Yeah. Like I'm so encouraged by it. like God is <laughs> so faithful. I know. It's it's amazing. amazing. Yeah.
0: So then like Yeah, so then fast forward, what what else what else <laughs> is a part of your story other than that? Yeah. Well, so my life was great for about a year. Uh <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, hey, praise God. Yeah. One year. So um yeah, it it wasn't actually pornography that was an issue. It was this issue of um, in ninth grade, I was specifically struck with an illness called OCD, um, and most people don't have like a good understanding of OCD. It's becoming better. I've been like pleasantly surprised by that. But um, a lot of people think OCD is like, oh, I just hand wash, you know, often, or I yeah do these cleanly things more than necessary but it's actually like a deeply anxious disorder where you feel um well what you feel is an obsession over a certain topic Um, for a lot of people it is like cleanliness and you just feel so obsessed with that that you can't get that out of your mind and it just creates this like overwhelming anxiety in you that you feel like you're about to explode And you have to do what's called a compulsion in order to reduce that anxiety. And so what you end up in is in this trap cycle where you feel so anxious about something, and then you have to do something about it, and then it makes you feel better for like three seconds. And then you feel super anxious about it again, so you have to do it again. And then you feel super anxious, so you have to do it again. And you end up in the cycle where you literally are trapped. You feel like you're in prison, just being forced to do all these things that like, reduce your anxiety, but only do so for like two seconds. And so for a lot of people, it is this cleanliness. But for me, it was a version called scrupulosity, which means it has to do with your scruples, your morals. So for me, I was in this place where I constantly felt like I was sinning against God and that he wouldn't forgive me unless I specifically and intentionally confessed every single thing that I've ever done wrong in my entire life. And so I'm, it came out of nowhere. It was just, it was like the week before Thanksgiving and just all of a sudden it just hit me. And it was devastating. And I remember running to my mom like, God doesn't forgive me. Like, what am I going to do? Like, I feel like God hates me and I'm going to hell. You know, that's pretty much what I said to her. And she's obviously super confused. She has no idea what to do. I had no idea what to do. Nobody knew what to do. And i was yeah just feeling trapped as if like nothing i could do like could atone for my sin essentially um yeah and no matter what like i was i was doomed because i couldn't confess every single one of my sins <laughs> you know that's a large that's a long list and mm-hmm. i would be overthinking everything too like oh did i just have a that i just have a a prideful thought man i gotta confess that you know and so like in ninth grade, like, and this would go on during school too. Um, so I'd just be there, unable to focus on my work because I'm thinking like, oh, dang it, I just sinned. I got to confess it. Oh, did I just sin again? I got to confess that. Oh, I got to confess that. I got to confess that. And it's, it was this super vicious cycle. And I'm just feeling like so anxious that I'm about to explode the entire time too. Um, yeah, that's a problem. It was a big problem. Um, hmm. But okay. yeah, and it definitely definitely was not something that was solved overnight not by any means um but it was actually a partnership between um like mentorship at res and also uh therapy (laughs) that was able to actually yeah counseling that was actually able to bring me out of it um let me just pause here real quick if you're hearing this music in the background
1: um that's I think the worship team is working on something and we're <laughs> kind of near where they're practicing. And so you're going to might hear some like bass in the background. <laughs> just push through it with us. We're going to keep uh, interviewing Braden. But so this happened in ninth grade. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's
0: say like 10th grade is still there. 11th grade. 10th grade is about when it started um, to get better. Uh, so the beginning of 10th grade, it was really, um, yeah, it really got better. Um, you said a combination
1: of, Church friends, mentors, yes. and then yeah, so counseling. Interesting. It sounds enough, like you got diagnosed. Yes, yes, I was. You knew this. Diagnosed. The name. What is it called again? OCD, obsessive compulsive disorder. No, but your specific. Um, Scrupulosity. Okay. Because yes. it sounded like you got a diagnosis, but unless yeah. you just looked it up on the internet and well, that too. I
0: I tend to research a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> a little bit of both, but yeah. So tell me a little bit, like, because you know people have issues
1: i know other Mm -hmm. people who have ocd Mm -hmm. like let's let's unpack a little bit of that process of like what part of mentorship was helpful how did the lord use that how did the lord use counseling what was there any Mm -hmm. were there any like um if you think about like a jenga block you can pull these you know all these little pieces out but then there's one Mm -hmm. piece that makes the whole thing fall Mm -hmm. like what were some of those moments that when you pulled that thread out yeah it started you started to see
0: improvement yeah so there's really two things that come to mind um so my first therapist like that I went to, like he was specifically just a psychologist, not a psychiatrist at all. Uh, psychiatrist deal with medicine. Um, psychologists don't aren't allowed to prescribe anything. So, um, but yeah, so I went to this therapist and he was he was very old fashioned and he was very um, convinced that you could solve any problem just by talking it through, you know, Um, turns out that's not the case, especially for OCD. It is, it's a disorder, it's a disease, it's an illness, and you can't talk your way out of it, you know, and that's actually the problem, is I'm a very analytical person, I think through things, and I work my way through things, and I was convinced, you know, I could solve any problem just by thinking through it. And it was actually interesting because this was the first time in my entire life that I felt that I couldn't actually think my way through something. Hmm. And even, even like with that moment in seventh grade that I felt like changed my life, like, yeah, it was somebody else. Like they gave the message, you know, but I felt like it was kind of me, you know, that was doing it, you know, like I made the change, you know, like I thought my way through it, you know, I was able to figure it out on my own. But now you're at the end of your rope. Yeah. hundred percent unable to do anything, you know? So then where did, where did Christ come in? Like when,
1: where was that?
0: Yeah. yeah what? You said two points, you said? Yeah. Two points. Well, two things that were very significant in changing. Um, so my parents took me to freedom ministry cause I didn't know what else to do. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so I actually met with uh, pastor, Matt Schmucker. Um, and he turns out had a very similar experience when he was younger um i think when he was in college he dealt with some severe ocd and then if i remember correctly it was like a scrupulosity type thing um he was never diagnosed with it but yeah it was he could relate to everything that i was saying and he knew what i was talking about and what he did wasn't like try to fix me you know (laughs) because that doesn't work Um, but what he did was he actually introduced me to hearing god and he taught me like what it meant to actually hear God's voice and to like listen and pray and meditate and on these things to, um, yeah, just to be in God's presence and let God do the work and let God bring you through it. Um, so it was a lot of, um, so yeah, that was the first thing it was being in God's presence, you know, cause that's what ultimately changes us. And so just being in God's presence and having God tell me these different things and bring me through these different things, he was able to convince me, you know, that he was loving God. Yeah. (laughs) He was able to convince me, you know, that I'm not going to like strike you down with a lightning bolt because you can't confess your every single sin, you know? And so you're using the word, you said he convinced you through Mm -hmm. speaking
1: I like to use the word communicating. Yeah. Communicating to you. Yeah.
0: Directly to your spirit. Definitely. Yeah. Which is interesting because that's never something that like I've leaned into super heavily because I'm very analytical. Yeah. But there's a certain power to it, you know, and that's how I've always been able to determine like if something was from God or not, you know. Is does it have a power to it? Because if it doesn't have a power to it, then it's probably just me. But <laughs> if, if it has like power to it, like I've seen the transformation that it can make, you know, and it's been impactful in my life in a lot of ways. What how old were you again when that happened? Oh, this was ninth grade, so whatever age that Oh, you, you had freedom ministry in ninth grade. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So
1: Wow. Mm -hmm. So you met with Matt one time, multiple times? Uh, Three times in total, I
0: believe. And Mm -hmm. you'd say that was a change. That was a major change because that's what actually kind of led me to God, (laughs) you know, to go through this issue. And because the whole issue was me thinking, and obviously there's an illness portion to it that amplifies it. But the problem was that I was thinking that God was somehow angry or I needed to atone for my own sins somehow you know, by confession was what I thought. That's the only way that I could be forgiven was if I did something that would free me somehow, you know, and it was coming to God and like letting him tell me like, it's not actually about that, you know, <laughs> like I'm loving and I'm faithful and I'm not expecting you to confess every single sin, you know, and just him saying to me, like, what if you miss one? Is that the end of the line? Or am I, like, more gracious than that? Am I more generous than that? Am I more loving than that? You know, and so it was really God convincing me of his character for the first time. And that's, like, where this depth of understanding his character really started in my life. So That is so cool. So I want
1: you to give, and I'm going to give you some time to think about it. Mm-hmm. So I'll kind of fill in the time by, by making some comments on your story. But I want to ask you to maybe give a, a 15 to 30-second message to somebody who's stuck maybe, not in the same, mm-hmm. but a similar situation. So 15 to 30-second message, what would you tell them from, this, from your experience in the character of God and, mm-hmm. and ways to seek you know, and, and experience the grace of God? Mm-hmm. But the things that, that, make, that I make note of in your, in your story are, number one, you ask for help. Mm -hmm. And I think number two, it was, you reached the end of your rope. And there's a saying that says God's address (laughs) is at the end of your rope. Yes. And so some people are so fearful that they're at the end of the rope, Mm -hmm. but the reality is that's where that's God's address, (laughs) you know, like the end of your rope is the
0: place where God often meets people. (laughs) Yeah. Cause it's only at the end of your rope that you can really start trusting 'Cause if, if you're not at the end of your rope, then there's no need to trust, then there's no need for God, you know. So it's like
1: it's it's God included in your life as opposed to God being our life. Yeah. That's so fifteen to second fifteen second to thirty second message to maybe someone who's in a similar situation.
0: Yeah. Well, first of all, don't be afraid to ask for help. <laughs> you, <laughs> you know, because <laughs> self help, help is important, you know. You're not able to do everything on your own. Um, but also the real issue is usually a matter of trust like do you trust god and you can't think your way there you know you can't you can't read enough like scripture just to think your way there you can't hear enough sermons like you can't you can't do anything to build your trust in god except be with him you know so all these things like scripture and it's super important. It's so important. Anybody that knows me knows I have such a high value of scripture. But you're not going to be able like, to sermonize your way there. You're not going to be able to have enough knowledge to get there. You need to spend intentional time with Jesus and let him convince you that he is trustworthy. Because ultimately, almost any issue that you're going to go through in your life is a matter of distrusting God you know and then that's what it was in the garden of eden that's what it was all throughout the bible is people not trusting that god knew what was best for them and not trusting that god cared for them not trusting that god like god's way of life is the best way of life you know so it was all about trust and that's really what god showed me was it's about trust can you trust my character you know so it's it's about trust it's all about trust. It's always <laughs> about trust.
1: And that's that's a great message. Um, I want to keep progressing a little bit because that's mm-hmm. 15, you know, ninth grade is like 15 years old. Yeah. So 15 to 23, What's what are, what are some themes or moments that have defined and grown you into the man of God that you are?
0: Yeah. So definitely... Um, I had a really solid friend group. You know, it was Jared Blaukamp, Tiana Reynolds, Jeremiah T. Still, anybody that knows them. They're really solid people. Um, and they were able to like really help me grow towards Christ. And I was able to help them too, you know, it's yeah, give and take. Iron, yeah, iron sharpens yeah. iron. Yep. Um and so like through that I was really able like to start developing like a love for scripture I was able to like start leading at Triunity at, in a lot of ways I was able to start leading at Res in a lot of ways too, um and yeah it was just this this progression of like growing up maturing in Christ and like stepping into like serving and leadership roles like at Triunity and at Res and it was really great for a long time,
1: you know, and I hear, I hear a bad, I hear a bad part of your story coming on. It was really great. It was, it was <laughs> it great. Seems like a pattern of life that yeah, we all experience, but it's true. Keep
0: going. But yeah, so definitely like senior years is fantastic. Um, and yeah, I just really like felt alive and purposeful, you know? Um, and then I went to college. <laughs> yeah. <You know? laughs> College is a difficult time for a lot of people. And I was originally planning on um, going away to either like Taylor University or some other um, Indiana Wesleyan like down in Indiana because there were some really good Christian schools. that had some good science programs, which is what I wanted to go into. Um, but I, I couldn't like I couldn't make myself go down there. I couldn't make myself leave my church. And I actually felt quite a bit of shame about that. Because it's like, man, I'm so, like, I'm so not brave, you know? (laughs) Like, I can't even go to Indiana, like, to school. Like, what's wrong with me? And I ended up at Calvin University um, mainly because I I couldn't leave, you know? And I just kind of felt like a coward in a lot of ways. And, like, during that time, too, like, even though I was still here, a lot of my friends, like, from high school graduated they went their own ways and I really became disconnected from them as well so I lost my friend group I felt like a coward that wasn't able to actually like go and do what I was supposed to do you know I felt like Calvin was a concession more than anything and I ended up back in pornography (laughs) which is really terrible you know Cause there's this feeling like, yes, I beat it in my life and I'm back where I started. You know, I must really be a terrible person, you know, (laughs) to, to have overcome something, but to get trapped in it again. And that just, yeah, it was a really dark time. It was definitely that uh, freshman year of college felt like one of the hardest times in my life. And I moved out as well, like onto campus, um, even though it was only like a half hour drive, I was I was told it'd be a good experience. So I was like, okay, I'll try it. <laughs> it was a terrible experience. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. And I just couldn't find a friend group there. I wasn't able to blend in, you know, I just, it was, it was awful, you know? And I don't, I don't even really know <laughs> like, why it was so awful, you know? Because it's not like, again, like there wasn't a major trauma or anything that well, happened. It makes
1: sense. There, I mean, but... you get leave your friends, not having friends, having hope, getting discouraged after having hope of yeah. finding friends. I mean, there's a lot of things that... That's fair. ...getting stuck in sin, back in sin. There's a lot of things that were... Mm-hmm. ...that would make someone feel depressed slash low.
0: Yeah. No, that's true. That's fair. But I guess I think it was... It was another thing that I felt bad about is that I felt so bad. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's a it's a it's a funny, it is, uh, isn't concept it? Yeah. But it's but like it's real. Yeah. It's like I know so many people, it's like, well, this person, they had like such a terrible childhood and like they're going through all these things now, you know. So like what right do I have to feel so bad, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh yeah, so that just amplified things and made it all worse. <laughs> yeah there was a problem and I actually ended up spending like most of my time I think I slept probably 60% of the time at my house anyways you know <laughs> because I just didn't like being at Calvin Um and there's nothing wrong with Calvin it was just yeah I was not comfortable there Um but eventually like because because I didn't like it at Calvin, I started spending like all my energy here at Res, um, and so I really started getting involved in the youth more than I was. Um, I started volunteering at Access just as a crew member, um, yeah, and I really just started pouring all my energy into Res because I didn't really want anything to do with Calvin. Mm-hmm. Um, which was good to an extent, but was also bad because my entire like time at Calvin, I never actually ended up connecting with anybody because I just kind of refused to because I didn't like it, you know? Um, yeah, so I mean, that's definitely something I would encourage people, like going into college, like make new friends, make good friends, like even if you're scared, just do, <laughs> Yeah, you know? Um, but again, it was something that God turned for good because ultimately it connected me like to the youth staff and the youth staff is currently like a group of some of my greatest friends, you know, and I was able to really get into the ministry and get to the place where I am because I, um, because I became friends with them, you know, and cause they became the group that I relied on like for, uh, encouragement and that I relied on for a lot of things and they were the ones that really grew me. You know?
1: Was there anything like in this period freshman year and he's graduated now Mm -hmm. that were moments or god moments that helped you turn a corner or take a step towards just
0: maturity and growth uh no no (laughs) yeah so that's just slow progress that's the really interesting part there was definitely i can't think of any events in particular any moments that really changed things It was. that's a great testimony to God, though. Yeah, definitely, because especially when I I was in such a rough place and, like, I didn't, I don't know, I just didn't want anything. I just felt so stressed and anxious again, you know, and I didn't know where to go or what to do. Um, But it was just this slow progression, you know. It's like God just kind of, like, drew me into the youth ministry, you know, and, and into that group. Um, and just slowly like developing relationships and that's like what changed things. It wasn't a moment. It was a relationship that really changed it. Mm. Um, especially with pastor Ben Laps, you know, yeah. he has been a major oh, influence no. in my life. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so yeah, it was a slow prog- progression that brought me, um, essentially to where I am now. Um, yeah, not really. Yeah, experience. it's interesting. I'm gonna ask you to do something again, cause mm-hmm. we're going to kind of,
1: unless there's, I want to have it, I want you to. Have some closing thoughts, mm-hmm. okay? So just like a one minute closing thought from the podcast, but I just want to make some mm-hmm. other commentary on what I've heard yeah. and an observation I think is really cool. Mm-hmm. So you you feel like the faithfulness of God comes in at let's see, seventh grade, where he comes yeah. in, you write your name on the paper, mm-hmm. and you fast forward to ninth grade, struggling again, you feel hopeless at the end of your rope, mm-hmm. God leads you to Pastor Matt Schmucker, who leads you to really trust the character of God. Defining moment, mm-hmm. and then you mature. You're maturing. You're maturing. And then you hit your nut, your next valley, your mm-hmm. next hard season, mm-hmm. and God says, and God decides in His sovereignty, is like, <laughs> "You don't need another moment. I'm going to show you how to how to mature through this." Yeah, because you can imagine if you had pattern is your low moment, your low moment, your low yeah. moment, then you would inevitably be in this cycle of,
0: mm-hmm.
1: "I need a moment," yeah. but now God's showed you a new way that He wants to deal with you as it's really called maturity, which says, "I don't, mm-hmm. you don't need a moment." Yeah. You just need to, like you said, you just need to trust me, yeah. And that's how he led you, and has grown you mm-hmm. in this lot. I just want to make that observation. So cool. No, that's um, really good. And uh, so I want to get let, let you kind of make your final statements, the encouragement, or uh, just last message to anyone listening.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, first of all, um, like as you may have noticed, my testimony has a lot of people in it you know it's the things that really changed me were relationships and people that like brought me to God and that's why I'm I'm also like so involved in youth ministries because I firmly believe that God is very very committed to using people as like his method of bringing us to himself and it was it was that senior that preached that message that brought me like To Christ, really, and it was uh, my mentors at Triunity and my mentors like at in youth that really like brought me closer to Christ, and it was Pastor Matt that really brought me to Christ, and it was it was people, you know, it wasn't it wasn't my thinking my way through it. It was people that really did it. So I would encourage everyone to really seek out those godly people, you know, because it's really easy to be a loner, but you can't actually be a loner and a Christian. It doesn't, it just doesn't work. You'll fall mm-hmm. apart, you know? Exactly. And so that's, that's one thing. Um, second thing is it's all about trust, you know? And that's, that's really, um, what I have been getting at in the past maybe year or so. Um, cause there have been some other hard times, but there's still, Still kind of pending, you know. <laughs> They're not really <laughs> we always
1: and then you finish the one pending and then the next pending comes up. Yes.
0: Yeah. Excuse you how it works. But yeah, so it's really it's been about trust for me. And God has really brought me to this place and He's used a lot of the imagery of the Garden of Eden. Um, and yeah, he's really brought me into like a deeper understanding of scripture as something that the Spirit will empower to change us. Um, and so he's used the garden of him, garden of Eden imagery as a way of showing me like, Hey, you can trust me, you mm. know, even when it doesn't feel like you can, I promise you can, you know, and the only way you can build that trust is in relationship because again, like I can read the garden of Eden story. I can read Genesis and You know, if I just think about it analytically, I can get stuff out of it, but it doesn't change me. I need relationship in order to empower that to change me. And so it's all about trust, you know, and that's always what it is. It's like if I can think my way to my solution to all my problems, then I don't need Jesus. I don't need God. I don't need to trust him. But if I can't do that on my own, then I actually need to trust him. And so it's all been about, like, building trust. And even looking back at my life, God has shown me, like, it's all been about trust, you know. And even if it doesn't seem like there's anything that's been, like, super traumatic event, you know, that, like, has shaped me in, like, super important ways, God's just kind of been showing me, like, your whole life is all about learning to trust me. And that's what it is for everyone is just some people have larger roadblocks than others, you know. yeah. But it's all about trust. It's all about trust. It's never been about anything else. It's about can you trust in Jesus? Can you trust that God knows what he's doing? And can you trust that he's good and gracious and loving, like even even when you don't deserve it? That's a great way to end, man.
1: Brayden, thank you so much for uh, opening up your life to us Mm -hmm. and also inspiring and challenging us. It's been a blessing, man. Mm -hmm. Thank you very much. All right, thanks for joining us on the Access Podcast today. Until next time, peace.
0: Hey, guys, thank you so much for joining us today. If you found this episode helpful or impactful at all, go ahead and like and subscribe to our channel. Go ahead and share it to someone who you think it can impact as well. See you next week.